people care about their car buying journey, provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, we've got the winners of the 2023 North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year Awards. Tesla plans a big expansion of its new Texas plant. And Ford's top labor negotiator is retiring ahead of UAW contract talks. Plus, we'll dig into the Biden administration's new plan to decarbonize the transportation sector. This is like Babe Ruth pointing at the fences. Getting to where this blueprint points to in 2050 is much more possible now that it's out here. But we're going to need base hits as well in order to win the game. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The winners of the North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year Awards are in. We're pleased to announce the winner of the Truck of the Year is the Ford F-150 Lightning. The Lightning's victory marks the third straight year Ford has won the Truck Award. It follows the Maverick in 2022 and the gasoline-powered version of the F-150 in 2021. The Acura Integra took Car of the Year, and the Kia EV6 was named Utility Vehicle of the Year. Kia North America COO Steve Center accepted the award on the brand's behalf. Kia is focused on becoming a leader in sustainable mobility, and the EV6 clearly demonstrates the strength of our brand, our momentum, and our competitive attitude. Thank you once again for this incredible recognition for EV6 and for Kia. Thank you. The winners were selected through a three-part voting process by a jury of 50 automotive journalists from U.S. and Canadian media. Full disclosure, the jurors include our own Richard Truitt, an engineering reporter for Automotive News. Ford's top labor executive is retiring ahead of contract talks with the UAW and Unifor later this year. John Savona is vice president of America's Manufacturing and Labor Affairs for Ford Blue. He'll step down in March. Savona's successor will be Bryce Curry, who previously was chief manufacturing officer at supplier Johnson Controls. Curry will join Ford on January 30th. Like Savona, he will report to Ford Blue President Kumar Galhotra. A landmark report from U.S. auto safety regulators says that motor vehicle crashes cost American society $340 billion in 2019. In a comprehensive economic impact study, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration examined the costs of a single year of crashes that killed more than 36,000 people, injured 4.5 million, and damaged 23 million vehicles. NHTSA found that the crashes directly cost taxpayers $30 billion and society as a whole more than 10 times that. When the agency included quality of life valuations, the total cost to society ran to almost $1.4 trillion. That's equivalent to more than 1.5% of U.S. economic output. Tesla hopes to move ahead with a $700 million expansion of its Austin, Texas manufacturing plant. The luxury EV maker has applied for construction permits for the investment. The filings say construction would start later this month and end early next year. 
It's not clear how much of that investment is included in the more than $1 billion Tesla has already said it planned to spend on the plant. And you may have heard us talking about a coming hybrid Corvette, or maybe you read about it in Automotive News Future Product Pipeline. Now we know your first chance to see it will be next week, Tuesday, January 17th. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Ford Lightning wins truck of the year. Is this good momentum for Ford kicking off 2023? Yeah, it's a nice win for Ford. You know, not a big surprise, but getting the three-peat in trucks is a nice bragging point for the brand and the company. I think it also shows a lot about how the enthusiasts in the automotive press uh, are really excited about electrification and what battery power can do in a full-size pickup. Good stuff. Coming up. We'll dig more into the Biden administration's new blueprint to decarbonize the transportation sector. That's next on Daily Drive. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The transportation sector is the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S. Tackling that issue will be central to any plan to change the course of man-made climate change. To that end, yesterday the Biden administration unveiled its long-range vision. Known as the U.S. National Blueprint for Transportation Decarbonization, it was jointly developed by the EPA and the Departments of Energy, Transportation, and Housing and Urban Development. They say it aims to eliminate nearly all greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector by 2050. To unpack the new plan, I spoke with Darren Lovas, a senior transportation advocate at the National Resources Defense Council, I caught up with him in College Park, Maryland. Darren Lovas, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're so glad to have you. You know, we just saw this uh, big decarbonization blueprint uh, come out of Washington, and, and I think we could use a little help unpacking it. I guess, first of all, you know, how does this blueprint fit with the infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act, which were just these two huge things that have had a tremendous impact or should have a tremendous impact on the auto industry going forward? That's a really good question. So, And the two laws bookend one another in terms of uh, their importance, and this blueprint lays out how they're going to be implemented. So, And looking at vehicles specifically, clean vehicles, the infrastructure law has funding for 
to build out chargers, uh, so a charger network across the country on our roads and requires states to come up with plans for that. And then the Inflation Reduction Act has a ton of money for manufacturers and consumers to actually transition to the fleet that's going to run off of those chargers, right? So these two laws work in tandem to get us off of carbon pollution and transportation. You know, it just seems when I look, it feels it's funny to me because we we have this infrastructure law, this infrastructure plan. We have these EV, the vehicle supports, the manufacturing, the mining supports in the Inflation Reduction Act. And now we have a blueprint for how it goes together. Isn't that kind of a backwards process, uh, drawing the blueprint after the legislation's in place? Well, Congress uh, is in part uh, the art of the deal. So we had a big pieces of both of these laws put together in deals in 2021 and 2022. And now we get into the details. And there's actually more details yet to come, right? So now each of these agencies need to come up with action plans, right, to get even further into, okay, how exactly are we going to be implementing this with the help of states and cities and counties across the country? You know, I mean, the Biden administration has laid out some pretty concrete goals, you know, for the, the 20s, kind of leading us up to 2030. Does the blueprint help kind of spell out what needs to be achieved in the 30s and 40s toward a, you know, a, a decarbonized 2050, if that's sort of the end goal? Yeah. So I, I would point to the uh, two key pieces of the blueprint, which are one, exactly what you just described. The administration talks about the 2020s and what we need to do, uh, turning the tide is what they call it, right, to get us towards a different fleet and a different transportation system. Uh, and then in the 2030s, we really uh, begin to lock that in and complete the transition so that by the 2040s, it's about the finish line. So that come 2050, we've got a fully decarbonized transportation system and a transformed transportation system. So it's really ambitious. And that that's that three-decade timeline is a key piece. And then the other key piece here is a three-part strategy they describe, which is about convenience, efficiency, and cleaner transportation. That's the high-level summary. The, the document goes pretty deeply into what exactly each of those mean. You know, it's an interesting collaboration among these uh, giant departments. And of course, you know, we expect energy and transportation to work together and, and as they have been. But it's interesting that the Department of Housing and Urban Development is a part of this. I'm curious, what's, what is HUD's role? How does, how does it fit? Is this about ensuring that, you know, apartment dwellers uh, who don't have a personal garage that they can keep their lawn implements and cars in, that they have a chance to have access to either convenient charging or other clean transportation? Yeah, that's exactly right. This is partly about multifamily buildings, right? Apartment buildings, making sure people live there, have access to clean transportation options moving forward. And it's also about building more housing. Uh, that's that's part of HUD's role uh, at the table here. And this is an interesting blueprint. I, I'm not sure these particular four agencies have ever come together and said, this is what we're going to do. And each of us plays a big role. And HUD's role is not just about providing more clean transportation for existing housing, but actually building more affordable housing, especially around transit stops. You know, we have an affordable housing uh, issue in this country, along with a, a climate issue. Right. And that's part of the reason why they're at the table with this particular blueprint. 
Well, yeah, like we always say, you know, the economy is fundamentally driven by consumers. I mean, transportation is driven by, you know, people who live somewhere. And so, you know, most we do ship goods around, but a lot of times it's it's people going places, they're going to work, they're going out for fun, and then they come back home again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, where people live and and how they live is fundamental to how they get around and what the carbon footprint of that is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why the infrastructure law is 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 key here, right? The Inflation Reduction Act is all about consumers, manufacturers transitioning the fleet. Uh, the infrastructure law is about not just building uh, and maintaining our, our huge road system and uh, putting a, a charger network uh, all, all across it, but about building public transportation uh, and about making sure the roads are available also for people who want to bike or walk uh, and to make sure the roads actually go somewhere, right, to access housing and jobs and that kind of thing. So the blueprint gets into some of those planning issues and the need to work with states and cities on that kind of thing, which is really interesting. There's a lot of detail in here. So do you feel confident, is the NRDC confident that this plan, this blueprint points the way to a future when global warming will stop or you know, significantly slow? Yeah, we're confident. Uh, we're confident. And <laughs> really, this is, like, this is like Babe Ruth uh, pointing at the fences. Right. Uh, getting to where this blueprint points to in 2050 is much more possible now that it's out here. But we're going to need base hits as well uh, in order to win the game. And that's where uh, what this administration does in the next couple of years is crucial. Right. So what what are the steps toward getting there? Right. So it's not just about the home run, right? It's about a, a series of base hits in order to win the game. So we're confident and we're also going to be keeping an eye on and doing a lot of work to make sure the next couple of years of the work of these agencies actually pays off. Darren Lovas, Senior Transportation Advocate at the National Resources Defense Council. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez and Miranda Dunlap for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on decarbonization policy, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 